V-O-P-P, the greatest podcast in the galaxy. Who are we? The OPP. What are we? The greatest podcast, son, in the galaxy, son. Today, we have another special guest. Some people bring a knife to a gun show. And other people bring burritos to a bachelor party. (laughs) And that's my next guest. He is my buddy, Antonio, from back when we were in college. I met him in 1994, 1995. So we're going on 25 years. Man, we talk about everything. We talk about fires. (laughs) And we talk about landslides. And we talk about kidnappings. We talk about, we get serious. We talk about the family and children. We talk about the divorce that he went through and the ups and the downs of that whole process. I hope you guys really enjoy this. He's of the mindset that he doesn't have a lot to talk about. He's not very interesting. The story is going to be very boring. I think this is going to blow all of your minds. I hope you enjoy this. My friend, my pal, 25 years, TSC, the College of New Jersey, my buddy, Antonio. Is Uber Uber ghetto? So, as you can see, about my- no, this ain't ghetto. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I asked I asked Aaron, and I was like, you know, I sent him a text with the link in it, and I said, oh, you should uh, check this out, see what you think, and I would love to have you on. He's like, what's the topic? What's the topic? Who are the people? Let's go. <laughs> I can see him. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah, see yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, just listen to it, and you know, <laughs> let let me know. Let me know. Yeah, Mark was pretty good, pretty interesting, right? Mark was very interesting. He blew me out of the water. Yeah, yeah, and and I actually never knew his uh, his story of of nine eleven. No, I never knew it. Yeah, yeah. So I um that day, like I said during the podcast, I was I had just moved to a project in Jersey. That I remember. You and I talked about that. And I, I as soon as he said, I was like, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah. That's... Yeah, so I, did, I didn't have enough time because it was at the end. But my, my whole experience was that everybody has their story they remember. I was sitting there. I got there in the morning, sitting down doing work. And this girl who I was reporting to walked behind me. She's like, oh, plane just hit the tower. I was like, oh, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, Cessna hit the tower. You know, no big deal. Type, type, type. I'm doing some stuff, checking email. I hear, oh! I was like, what the hell is going on? I stand up, I go, there's a uh, conference room, and it's one of those old CRT TVs. Mm-hmm. And I go in there, there's two guys in there, and I see the building on fire. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I'm standing there, and then you're transfixed, right? So we're standing there, we're stuck, we're watching. The building falls. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And then you're hearing reports about the Pentagon and all the other things. I turn around, room's packed. Packed, everybody's crying. I was like, I'm out of here. And I drive, I pick up my sister who was, um, she was in like middle school at the time. Because I had no, no clue. You know, I'm not used to, my parents' story, they're used to that stuff. So I pick my sister up and I'm like, no, she's coming out of school. They're like, who the hell are you? I'm like, I'm not her brother. Give me my sister. We're out of here. We get home. My mom's sitting back like, what's the big deal? Who cares? I'm like, who cares? Like 2,000 people died. This is crazy. 
But in there, like, you know, you're Colombian, so you know. Yeah. That, they see that the actually, stuff they've seen. 9-11 actually didn't phase me. Wow. Uh-uh. Wow. Yeah, we, um, I remember exactly where I was and what was going on. And like you said, people who don't experience tragedy mm-hmm. or don't see violence, yeah, like yeah, true yeah. violence, you don't, you're not, you're not, I'm not faced to it. Right. So when it was happening, I was like, okay. I was like, you know, what are we doing? What's going on? People were complaining the internet's, you know, mm-hmm. dropping, coming yeah. up, dropping, coming up. Now, you got to remember, I was working for an international long distance company. Right. So that part, that division, we literally scrambled into the conference rooms and they were like, Antonio, we got no news feed, no nothing. The internet's just slow, dog right. slow. So I was like, all right, we're going to do three things. So all of a sudden, engineering head kicks in and I'm like, well, we had satellite, but satellite took a hit. And I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make shift an antenna, which is uh, I made a... Using coat hangers, what? Using coat hangers, and and wire crimps yep. and everything. I made what they call a yagi, which is basically a triangular antenna like this. Okay. It's a unidirectional antenna, yep. and what you do is you take two of them and you make them go this way, and then you have a sp- sp- spread connectivity you. for what you, you want. Okay. And we took that and I put it up. In, we're in a corporate office. You made a cell site. Like I made a sector. Yeah, almost. Because you use them for cellular network. Yeah, but what yeah, happened was yeah. I did it in such a way so I can grab the signal. And what happened was at the time when that antenna came down, I pointed to Secaucus. Okay. I knew the relays are in Secaucus. Okay. So I pointed to Secaucus. The only stations that were live. Telemundo and Univision. Wow. Had them up. Told the secretaries of the area, I was like, we're going to use this conference room. It was the largest conference room in the building. <clears throat> we're going to set up tables, everything there. Said war room on the other side. People were looking at me. They were like, why are you so calm? I said, I'll tell you later. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, everything happened. And we're going through everything. And I have to translate because I'm the only Spanish-speaking oh, right. person. Right. And as I'm telling, the president of the company is literally directing the war room based on the news that I'm giving. Whoa. So at the time, because that was the antenna, uh, building, it's building two that had the largest CO soft switch. Okay. And building one had its duplicate. Oh, man. We lost both big switching environments for local connectivity. Mm-hmm. But at 60 Hudson and at 56... Across the street, okay, yep. we had another section where long distance was at. And so they all directed. People don't realize it. The way phone calls and cells, mm-hmm. cell service came in, we actually took everybody's call, routed it to Canada, it. Wow. UK, flipped okay. it back around and came back in. Wow. Okay. That's the only way we can get into the New York yeah, Exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The New York it Exchange was, was down. Shot. Yeah, it was shot. Completely. Because you literally lost your primary, your secondary, and then everything up. Yep. was cut off. Wow. So we had a reroute. Now that reroute happened, and as it was happening, I'm translating, I'm translating, I'm translating, and all of a sudden they were like, we just realized, we're the only ones broadcasting. So they flipped to English, and when they did that, I got over to the war room. Okay. And in the war room, they were like, Antonio, we need to fix the internet. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you gotta remember, we had Verizon Business, mm-hmm. which was MTI. Oh, that's right. And everybody was like, 
MCI has two pops. This is we, back when like you were traveling to like Romania or Croatia or whatever. Right at the end, actually. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, done yeah. with my travels. And this is like back, back in the day. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was at your parents' house for something. Uh, rest in peace, Sparky. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was still with Verizon. And you were, because you had joined Verizon, like you were, you had um, been a, um, a, whatchamacallit, like a student basically working for them before you actually came on full time with yeah. them, right? Yeah, I actually, they gave me a break. I was, I was the first intern, intern. Not, not intern, it was first full time employee past an intern level literally ground, wow. hired into a management track, right. accelerated management track. Yeah. It, was, it was truly the first time they tried it. I was the first candidate accepted. Wow. And they only accepted two more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So I, I think I was still working in uh, customer financial services with yeah. Schmieder. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm at your house and... Uh, and this black car pulls up, and you're like, all right, I'll see you later. I was like, this guy's a hot shot already. Like, 23 yeah. years old. Yeah. Flying to, I don't know, Serbia, Croatia, I forget where I, you were going. I did. I did tours in uh, the Czech Republic, the Slovak Republic. I did uh, a couple trips over to Romania. I was definitely in Hungary and Germany a lot. Wow. Italy was a big stay over. That was usually my hub. I did Greece for on and off for three and a half months. Yeah. And then my, my layovers, when I needed to stay for the weekend, but I couldn't stay in country, I would go to London. Wow. You know, and that, that, those were like, if I stayed more than a week and my visa wouldn't allow me because I was there too much, mm -hmm. I'd have to go back to London, stay for London, and, and then come back. back. Yeah. Because that was the only way your visas would work. That's right. At two, back then. Yeah. Back, remember, that's when the euro came out, but it wasn't. Right, you still had local currencies right. everywhere else. Right. It was like using the peseta in Spain. Still. Pretty much, it's yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I actually sat in the war room and we actually ended up... Uh, so, so the voice calls were handled by this lady and this guy who were the executives who were technically brilliant mm -hmm. at how to look at everything and reroute it. Right. I did all the data transfers. Now, I didn't work for the engineering department. I worked for IT. So when I worked for, when I went over to the engineering department, I said, this is what you guys are going to do. You're going to update and blacklist New York. Hmm. And then you're going to create a brand new way of bringing it I back in. Because it was getting slammed. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the internet yeah. was just getting slammed and, and nobody can get it through. Sure, so sure. we, um, we Everybody did Everybody knew somebody. Like I knew somebody, right? I'm trying to make calls. In my head, I'm like, oh, that guy, Mark's dead. There's no way he survived that. We were getting 40 million calls a second. What? And they couldn't keep up, and it was climbing. Yeah. And it wasn't stopping. Oh, it just yeah, kept yeah, going yeah, up and up yeah, and up yeah. and up. Because then the rest of the world finds out. I was getting calls from Haiti, Africa, because yeah. they all knew I was working in the yeah. city. So. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, yeah, I remember. And that lasted um, that lasted for a while. Yeah. We didn't go to sleep. Um, and then when I got home, I just took a drink, chilled out. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had people who were supposed to meet mm -hmm. in the World Trade Center. And... That morning, they got rerouted to Brooklyn, this, this complex called yeah. Brooklyn Tech. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. They went to Brooklyn Tech to meet the customer there because the customer didn't want to go into Manhattan. Wow. And then there was another group that was supposed to be there at 930. 
and they were told meeting canceled. Wow. And they were in the office and they were crying. Wow. Because they literally said dodge the bullet. Tons of people I know dodged the bullet. Yeah. Tons of people dodged yeah, the bullet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of people I know dodged the bullet. Um, we lost one, two, three, four, five, six people mm. that were part of our overall team. We lost wow. six. But uh, yeah, a lot more people lost yeah. it. So why do you uh, why do you say that um, you were unfazed? Listen, I last I I made. It's it. actually one of my questions that I wrote down on this piece of paper. So <clears throat> the reason I'm not I'm not phased is because look in my in my short life, I have made it through a high rise fire, I made it through a seven point five earthquake on the top floor of a twenty story building. <laughs> I made it through a kidnapping, and that was in one week. <laughs> you know what's funny? We've known each other for, we met in 1995? Four, five, five. Yeah, five, five. Probably. It was probably my, like, sophomore year. Yeah. We met in 1995. We've hung, we've hung out forever. I'm your son's godson. I was in your wedding, all this stuff. And then it takes... Us getting together, having a podcast for me to learn. <laughs> so yeah. we, have, we have to go through all this. I'm writing down. The first thing I wrote down was kidnapping. <laughs> uh, oh, kidnapping. All right. Yeah, let's, let's go through that whole week. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I don't know. I don't really have anything interesting to talk about at all. That Mark guy is really interesting. <laughs> Mark is more interesting than I am. Oh, I, I can tell you every... I can tell you every time that I've survived death. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, that's just plain stupid luck. Yeah, or yeah. a guardian angel. Yeah, Any which yeah, way you yeah, look yeah. at it. But I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I even forgot what the other two were. You said, you said fire. You said I've, I've made it through earthquake. Fire, earthquake, kidnapping. I was in between gorillas and, and, <laughs> and the Colombian military. I've I I have avoided stabbings. I've avoided muggings. Oh my god. Um Okay, let's, let's landslide <laughs> and and a, a flood zone. Oh my gosh. Let's... Oh wait, no. And I've been hit by two cars, one at 40 miles an hour, and another one, I don't know how fast the car was going, but I can tell you my bicycle ended up being about this big. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I never broke a bone in my life, knock on wood. Holy cow. Okay, let's just talk about the one week. You said three different events. Yeah. So you said... So I was in Mexico City working. Oh. Oh, when you said kidnapping, the first thing I thought was Colombia. No, Mexico City. Oh. So Mexico City, um, which is really, really funny. I actually think it's like an easy city to make yourself through. If you know how to blend. Oh, uh, okay. Because I've got, heard it's like the, one of the most crime-ridden cities. It is. It's a major. World. It's actually the lar one of the largest cities in the yeah, world. Yeah, huge. And the sinking city. So it's like well, sinking, right? Well, well, you know why it's sinking? There's too many people. No, it's more than that. Oh. So, so uh, geographically speaking, Mexico City was built around a lake. Oh. They filled in the lake. They built on it. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is it's basically a, a landfill or, you know, pressured landfill. And the reason it's sinking is because the landfill is finally compacting. 
Yeah. And it's so, like two inches a year. It's not like a little No, bit. it's yeah. a lot. But the thing is, is what's amazing about Mexico City, which it, it, the first time I made it to Mexico City, I've been to Mexico before, but the typical like Cancun, hey, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. good. No, when I went to Mexico City, they were like, we're now approaching Mexico City and you see all the lights mm-hmm. and you feel like it's like New York. Yeah. From all the lights that you see approaching New York, yeah. right? <clears throat> One difference. It was Mexico City. And we didn't land for another 15 minutes and we were going straight. What? It's that big? Huge. Holy cow. Huge. Nothing, nothing that you can ever imagine. It's it's not a compact city with high rises yeah, like, like New York is. Right. Think of New it's York. Like LA, basically. It's bigger. Yeah, bigger than New York. 15 minutes. 15 minutes of flying in. Whoa. And we're like, and you can hear the landing gears coming down, and I'm going, okay, we should be landing. Where's that? <laughs> We're still in going wow. in the air. And, and when I landed, I was just like, this is a huge freaking city. Yeah. And what happens is you got the district, uh, the D.C. area, what they call DFE, mm-hmm. uh, Distrito Federal, and that's the area that's really the capital. Mm-hmm. And then the outside area is the normal city. Right. And uh, where I stayed was DF. Okay. But... Um, in that week, so what happens is that when you travel international, um, at least at the time, the company would give you these uh, cultural reviews. Okay. <clears throat> For example, if you're in Europe, you don't wear a white shirt. Uh, you don't I wear a red you. tie. I got you, I got you. In Mexico City, you don't get into the green buggy cabs. Uh, you don't get offers from people that don't know your handle. Okay. <clears throat> for security purposes. Right. So one time, I'm coming out of the, the hotel, and I'm walking down the street, and one of the expatriates there, um, his, he brought his family, okay. and his daughter was there. And his other daughter, uh, he had two daughters and a son, uh, and his wife. And what happened was the daughter saw me, and they rushed her into the green cab, and they were about to grab me. And I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, shit. I was like, hell no. And I couldn't get to her. Yeah, so they, yeah. boom, they, they took, took off. off. Yeah, so they took off. And, um, and then another cab came behind me trying to get me in. Because yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, he knows her. So he must be yeah, an Americano. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so they were just trying to get. And what happens is. Wait, did they get the dad too or just no, the girl? Just the oh, girl. They oh, grabbed man. her. And they were trying to. Basically, you could see that they were waiting for us. Right. And I guess I confused them. Mm-hmm. But they definitely were aiming towards her. Right. But because she was like, oh, Mr. Martinez, pa, 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 and all of a sudden they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, they saw, they, they literally, I saw the signals and I was like, I was like, no, this is a girl from the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Oh, I thought, were they Latinos or no? Uh, the girl? No, yeah. the, no, no, no. This is a white family. Oh, this man. is a true Pensatucky family, oh, I got you. you know, that, I that got is in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they've been there for two, three months. Okay. But what happened was she was supposed to go a different way, and she saw me, and she's like, should I go? And all of a sudden, they just grabbed her, rushed her in, took her. <clears throat> so I'm one of the persons that had to report it. Yeah. There was another people, the employees of the, of the hotel were there. Okay. Plus, the guard or the security dispatch drivers were there, so they reported it as well. Okay. And uh, they were asking me, they were like, you know, what happened, blah, blah. They got her back in 10 hours after they paid a ransom. Did they? Yeah, they had to pay $10,000. Yeah. 
in ransom to get it back. That's what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. They wanted the they money. Want, yeah. <clears throat> well, back then. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, you can pay yeah, the ransom yeah, and no, you don't get your person so, back. Yeah. Or you don't get them alive. And how old was she? I put her probably about uh, 20. 19, oh, 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 okay. Was she wasn't like, a little girl. Okay, was she was not a little girl. girl. Okay. I, I put her about 19, 20. Okay, okay. Yeah, a few years younger than me, but not Still, much. Still, yeah, yeah. Um, and and, the, and thing, the dad was right there when... when no, she... the dad was actually just coming out of the hotel oh, because they're, okay. they're expatriates. They typically have apartments, but... He was still in the hotel and they were getting the apartment okay. and it was in the transition of him getting his family. I gotcha. So he kept the family in the hotel and when she came out, she, she chose the wrong, shit. she chose the wrong way to go. She chose to be near those cars, yeah. near those people. And she looked like she was about to get in. Right. And I was like, what are you doing? They took her. Oh. And she's screaming. And, yeah, oh, they took her shit. and they took her. So, uh, and they tried getting me. They tried rushing yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I'm from Perth, that boy. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's like, um, you know, I'm, the, I'm probably one of the most passive guys when it comes yeah. to violence. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I don't yeah. fight. But if I, I before you even go there, like I told, I, like I told, uh, we went out to eat, the kids, me and you, and the kids were like making fun. And I was like, listen to me. Look at you. See how big I am, how much I work out. There's only one guy out of all my friends I wouldn't mess with. It's this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm a light switch. Never, yep. And and, Never, I, ever. and honestly, it was just one of those things where it's like, nope, you're not getting me. Yep. Yep, <laughs> and they yep, and they yep. didn't. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't get me, but yeah, that so that was an attempted. That was my attempted uh, kidnapping. That was actually on a Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, they were successful. They weren't successful with you, but they were successful. They were successful. They were yeah. successful. They and got. Then, wait, so to finish that off, how does it? I was wondering, is it just like the movies? It's like we meet up here, put this double bag, and we'll give you the girl. That type of. Uh, they did do something like that. I'm going to say it's very similar, but I don't know all the intricacies. Yeah. So they, um, the guy's name was Rob. Mm -hmm. So Rob got the money transferred to the bank, got it put into, um, you know, into a duffel, a set of duffel bags. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, $10,000 back then was in multiple duffel bags. Oh, you're talking, you're talking Mexican money. You're talking. Yeah. Because yeah, he had to, yeah, he had yeah, to yeah, do yeah. the whole okay, thing. Gotcha. So he, uh, he had it in multiple duffel bags. Um, it was like three bags and him and the security company are the ones that dealt with that. Okay. Um, and yes, and he got his daughter. She was scared shitless, yeah. but it was a, you know, give me a proof of life. Do yeah. all of that Holy truly shit. does happen. Uh, but I, I wasn't privy to yeah, the details. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, privy yeah. to the details. I Once I, I gave my statement, statement and I was it, and, yeah, yeah, and it was funny now at the time, <laughs> everybody else around me was like, you know, freaking out of course and i'm sitting there i'm like <laughs> and honestly in my head i said to myself dumb bitch, <laughs> dumb bitch. exactly you know because the first thing you exactly first you know thing you do is you pay attention to where you are yeah. you're in a major city i don't care if you're in new york yeah. maybe not pittsburgh but you still you're in a major city yeah. and yeah. it's just the the thing is is that you can be brilliant academically yeah. but you could be socially inept or you can be relationship yeah. inept yeah. Or for that matter, you could be parental in that. Yeah. that that's, that's why I have a, a job where I work. It's because um, I work at, at basically Bell Labs. This is, we had like eight Nobel Prizes come out of this place. But people can't even have a conversation. They, they just don't have those skills at all. No, coping's... You need people who are more social, that can make connections, 
that can bring customers together, do all those, and then translate the, the technical into simpler terms for the execs that don't have that that knowledge, you know? Yeah. On, 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 like that. On, honestly, I see it all the time as well. And so that was the, that was a Tuesday. That was. Uh, <laughs> That's how we how our week got that, It was actually Tuesday, job. Wednesday, Thursday. What I was also thinking when you said that was, you know, like because it, it's third world, right? You know, the cops are in on it too. So like everybody's getting a cut, right? It's like, yeah, there's a ransom. These guys have to pay off, but I always feel like there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes. Absolutely, the, the, the Absolutely. cops are in on it a little there, bit. There's corruption they everywhere. There, there is corruption yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, people want to make a quick buck. And, yeah. and it's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's desperate too, you know? It's yeah. People, it's desperate in some places. So. I, uh, I, I've seen it plenty of times, the yeah. desperation. Yeah. So now, that was a Tuesday. That was Tuesday. Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> Wednesday, I'm... Um, Tuesday, kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, that was Tuesday. Wednesday, I go into the building. Um, Is this the same building? Same building. Same building. Same building. Same building. <laughs> I go into the building and I, I go upstairs. I go upstairs. I go upstairs into I'm on the 13th floor, 12th floor, something like that. Okay. And uh, instead of taking the elevator, I decide to take the stairs. Okay. I'm like, I, I don't need it. Yeah, yeah, I can use some exercise. Believe me, I could use it. Well, actually, back then I worked out. So I'm yeah, still yeah. though, but I, I can use some exercise. So I go down the stairs and I open the door. And when I see to open the door, I see a fire creeping out of the bathroom. So you got to remember, this is the air where people can smoke in oh, the office. Right, right, right. And there was a disgruntled, it turned out that it was a disgruntled employee who instead of putting out his, his cigarette, he threw it into the it's trash bin of the bathroom oh, yeah. and tossed the can. Oh. So there was a guy running out of the bathroom and it wasn't him, but what happened was he, this guy is running from the bathroom and when he opened the door, the fire came into the hall, which is carpeted. Oh, <laughs> and I'm coming down and I'm like, whoa. I'm, I'm probably five feet from the fire coming out. Wow. So I'm not close, but I'm yeah, not far. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, hey, it doesn't take heat. much. You're feeling the heat. So yeah, all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, son of a bitch. Well, guess what? In the stairwell, what do they have? Fire extinguishers and the hoses. All right. So I'm one of the first ones to grab. Oh There's God. a guy on the other side who grabs another yeah, one, and the two of us, and the two of us are putting it out. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it caught and went around the corner. Oh, so man. as we're doing this, it's still spreading. In the it's still spreading direction. in the opposite yeah, direction. Yeah. So uh, they evacuated the building. We, I basically ran yeah. out. I couldn't put it out. The other guy could have put it out. Yeah. Um, firefighters came in. That that wing of the floor. Uh, just went up, <laughs> but it but they contained it that it didn't hit the ceiling for some reason. Okay, it caught the cubes, and it caught the cube row. Okay, it caught the you. row, but it I didn't go further. I got you. So it was like you. I guess you because the cube isn't attached to the ceiling. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and and the, the and and I guess the material in the cubes. It's kind of fire retardant. I kind of it slowed it down. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it slowed it down instead of letting it yeah. spread. So they, uh, the, the, and funny enough, um, I, I guess they were trained for fires because a lot of people came up right away and knew what to do. Oh, okay. I was just reacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, survived that one. Because <laughs> I was trying to go to the office of, the, of one of the executives of engineering who was on that floor. <laughs> He's like, oh, get out of here. So that was Wednesday. I like how you were, because in my head, I see a fire. I'm out. 
I'm out. And you're like, you know what? Let me see if we can we can help and put this thing up. I've done I've done that a lot. Oh I've my done God. that a lot. And the second thing I thought of when you said cigarettes and garbage was the Seton Hall fire. Same thing. Right? Yeah, it's the same type same of thing. Si- like same the guy thing. was messing around, he throws it into the couch or something, lights yeah. the couch on fire, it killed like two kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that you know, the, the the time frame was you still had cigarettes being smoked in the office. Yeah. It was a normal back then. Wow, that wasn't that wasn't in the States though, right? No, that was Mexico's just Mexico. overseas. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Overseas was still because yeah. in the States it was like restaurants and like those types well, of Well no, you had smoking sections. Yes. You had yes. smoking sections yes. where you would in the floor right. you had smoking sections. You wouldn't smoke at your desk anymore. You had to go to yeah. this section yeah. to smoke. And then eventually the section moved to outside. Yeah. You know? And then the outside moved like across the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so you had a lot of that. Uh, and then Thursday, I'm on, on the executive floor, top floor penthouse. There's another building being constructed next to us. I'm in a conference room with... Wait, wait, wait. This is the same building again? Same building. Jesus Christ. Same building. This was Thursday. And... As I'm there, kidnapping Tuesday, fire Wednesday, and as I'm and as I'm there, um, believe it or not, we're sitting down, we're having a conversation, we're going over. I was um, my job there was twofold. My job was to review a a project that affected call centers, uh, OSS, BSS deliveries yeah. for the cellular network, and then review the fiber optic plant that was being built. Mm-hmm. So that was. My, my main job. And then I had another part of the job, which was more like US-based job. So anyway, um, as I'm sitting in the meeting, listening to the updates and the statuses yep. of, of the different directors, all of a sudden, I see the window bowing oh. and then bow out. And there's uh, the main guy to the right, two women after that, another guy, two guys here, a woman, then myself, Another guy, and the seat across from me was empty. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the main guy in the meeting, he's like, oh my God. He goes, something happened. And you see the construction workers dangling. Oh, across the street. Acro- no, across, the, across to the other building. They're just oh, dangling oh, because it's, it's right. a skeleton yeah. building. Holy it's a skeleton shit. building that's being constructed. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. see these guys dangling. And all of a sudden, I go and I tell everybody, stay away from the window. Don't touch it. I, I had women crying, guys crying. And all of a sudden, I'm like, listen, calm down. I've gone through this before. This is, listen, you don't have to worry. I need everybody to stay away from windows, stay under mm-hmm. arches, mm-hmm. or just like... Under the table, I, people, yeah. Well, no, people were going under the tables, mm-hmm. but you're on the penthouse. Under the table doesn't do you anything. Uh, so I just said, I said, just hold on to a wall, fixtured wall. Right. I said, I need everybody to hold on. Stay away from the windows. I had a guy screaming hysterically. He completely lost, lost it. it. I had to punch the crap out of him. <laughs> I slapped him and then punched him to settle him down. I had another woman who I literally grabbed and I literally said to her, I go, look at me and relax. Just relax. I said, this is not a bad one. I've been through these before. Oh I completely 100% lied to everybody. Yeah, I was saying. Never, ever, <laughs> ever have I ever been it. And I took everybody and I said, we're going to walk. We're going to walk right. down the stairs. 
I said, everybody needs to hold on with two hands on the rails because if the building starts to swing again. Now, you got to remember, Mexico City, the buildings are built to yeah, be, to withstand that. To, to withstand yeah. that. Now, it was a 7.5, but what happens is people don't realize, and I kind of remember this, it's the aftershock. Yeah. And guess what? We, we had four aftershocks. So we're going down the steps, going down the steps. I had people I'm collecting. I had about 35 people that I'm like, let's go, everybody, let's go. Move it. Get out of here. And the first thing I did when I got down and out of that building, yeah. I called and I left three messages. I called at the time my fiance. I called my uh, mom and dad. And I think I called my sister and left messages. Right. Nobody picked up. I said, listen, just be aware. I'm okay. Whatever you see on the news, I'm, I'm okay. Fine. I'm fine. Just know I'm fine. Oh, I will call happens. you again when I can. Right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. that was it. But at the time, honestly, I was like this. I was like, well, this was a shitty week. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is out to get you. Yeah. Yeah, we had it. I was working for my previous company. We had that tiny one here in Jersey. I don't know if you remember. Like I do six, remember. Seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, our buildings aren't like, uh, no. they're not made to do that. So you hear like, wah, 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 all the building glass is going nuts. I, and and that, it was like a 3.2 or four, something. 4.4. Oh, was it that high? 4.4. And the reason it was a 4.4, I had to look, out, look it up. I was working in the basement of my house at the time. Oh, my God. And my chair is on rollers, and it moved. Oh. With I me in it. the basement. So I felt it. Oh, man. It moved me, and I shifted probably about five inches. Okay. Not far, but it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. uh... I didn't do that. I'm like, why am I moving to the left? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my, 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 you know how my, I work with multiple monitors. Yeah. All of a sudden, I see this big screen come up, you know, and it says from, uh, from, the, from the network operations center, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, earthquake, earthquake, earthquake in, in Virginia. DC, yeah. It was in the Virginia area, affecting blah, blah, blah. You can feel it as much as yeah. New Jersey. I'm like, uh, it yep. It was interesting because we were on a call with D.C., and the guy says, ah, there's an earthquake. I was like, a what? Like three seconds later. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and this black chick next to me, Robin, I think you might have met her at my wedding when we had the blackout at the wedding. Oh, no. Is that to get out of here? She's like grabbing my arm. Help me. I'm like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Making it to your wedding was another one. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was... I, missed, I missed actually a tree landing on me. I believe. <sighs> I missed the tree. That, matter of fact, maybe I should add that one to the list. Yeah. Because honestly, the tree landed behind me. Whoa. Because remember, everything was out. You can't see when something yeah, falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm driving, driving, and I'm not going fast, but I'm driving. All of a sudden, I hear, whoom. Oh, and when I look behind, and I go, oh, man. <laughs> You're big like that. Yeah, it took me, it, it took me, I think, like three hours to get to your wedding. Whoa. Because I had a... Detour yeah, after detour, detour after detour. But when that thing moved, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going home that way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was crazy. Yeah, it was it trees was falling so everywhere. Blackout. How many weddings have you been to since we got out of college? 20, 30? More than I can Yeah. Know. And how many did you lose power? One. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, right. just yours. Just yours. Just yours. Just I felt really bad for you guys. Oh I God. felt horribly yeah. bad for you guys. Oh, yeah. Everybody said that the food was good. It's a memorable wedding, but yeah, that was rough. That I, was I, rough. I know I didn't stay long. I yeah. had to go back. Yeah, yeah. We had oh, a flooding. The sun pump. Yeah, we yeah. had a flooding going. Yeah. We were fighting water. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they drive the next day on Route 10. You have like route 10's a little bit higher on the right and the left. You have businesses and they're a little bit lower. Everything was like there were cars floating in the parking lot mm -hmm. on both sides. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. 
That was nice. Yeah, I, I, I know I stayed for two hours. Mm-hmm. And then I drove home. Yeah. And I think Getting it took... Getting yeah, the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, luckily, luckily, I had the two sump pumps going and plus the uh, surface pump going. Yeah. And we didn't lose power. Oh, thank God we yeah. didn't lose power. Because yeah, then yeah. at that point, I'm, I, I don't know what would have happened. And I had, yeah, I had a surface pump, two sump pumps going, a shop vac, and five oh, squeegees. Oh, my God. That's right. That's right. Actually, no. I remember you telling me you were working on the basement before you left, too. I, that's what saved me. Yeah. Because yeah, I had yeah. redone the French drains. Right. And the two sump pumps were new, but mm-hmm. the holes weren't. Yes. After that, I, I redid the whole entire holes and everything yeah. for it because I never want to see that problem again. Yeah. Um, and I resealed out and I... I, I I trenched around the house to get water away, oh and yeah, money-wise wasn't a lot. Yeah. Money was probably, and actually I know for a fact how much the money was. It was yeah. $925. But you were using a jack camera, I remember, at one point in time. That was when I redid the hole. <laughs> and that's when I was doing the <laughs> trench. Like, we just got the Yeah, and, and, and I, honest, I, mean, honest I'm a, I survived hurricanes and tornadoes and fires and kidnappings. What's a jack camera? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I don't, uh, work, work doesn't bother me, yeah. but, but yeah, yeah, I, I sure. worked to fortify that house not to have problems. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely worked. Um, but yeah, the house now is knock on wood yeah. is doing good and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't live there anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, my kids do. So that works. <laughs> before we, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Before we do that, I do not remember. I don't know like your, uh, what you maybe want to call like your backstory. Were you born in the States? Were you born in... Born in the States. Oh, you were? Born in the States. Born in Newark, New Jersey. And your sister was born in the States, too? Yeah, she's a Bronx girl. Oh, yeah. wait. Your parents came from Columbia and went to the Bronx? No, actually... Um, my parents' story is actually more interesting than Let's me. hear it. My parents have the, the probably the... Uh, the craziest story. Well, well, we can battle on that. No, 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 no. Just in general. I mean, oh, okay. no, no, no. Not in comparison. Oh, just okay. to me, in general. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a typical immigrant story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my father, when he came here, um, which was pretty interesting. So he came here uh, four months after he married my mother. Wow. He was working for a bank. Um, he had already graduated with an accounting degree. His visa came through. So it was him and three guys. Your dad is an accountant. Yes, he's actually an accountant. <laughs> I cannot. My my that. dad my dad's trade is actually accounting. I'm shocked. He's act he's actually an accountant, old school accountant. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was working for the bank, one of the banks, and him and uh, three bu- two other buddies, uh, their visas came through. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> two of them were ready to go, and they told my dad, "Let's go." Yeah. Let's get the plane ticket and everything. So my dad came to the United States after talking to my mother. She was living with her in-laws. Okay. Um, what, what is this? This is the 60s? Uh, he came in 66. Okay. So they, they missed all the stuff that was going down in Colombia? They missed all that. What do you mean? All the, the madness with uh, the narcos, all that stuff. Uh, sort of, kind of, not really. See, people think the narco problem was everywhere. It wasn't. Okay. It was more polarized in certain areas. Uh, so it wasn't exactly in the costa, which is uh, where we're from. Okay. Okay. It's more in the interior. Okay. Because that's where the crops were. That's where everything was. But the costa is where you had the import exports. Right. right. So you had the narcos there, but it was a more of a business transaction than anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when my father came, he came with $200. <laughs> 
And he, he met up with another group of Colombians. So they had a one bedroom apartment. <clears throat> Um, a couple, two couples, or one, no, one couple he told me was in the bedroom. Another couple was in the living room. Wow. And another guy uh, was living in the living room too, but he ended up moving out. My father paid rent for his closet. Wow. Physically, a closet. Yeah. Where the bed was, where he slept. Basically. No bed. Oh, he just slept on the floor. He, the he just threw blankets down and yeah. that's where he slept. Wow. His clothes were there. Everything was in the closet. That's where he lived. Whoa. And he lived there for two and a half years. Two years. Two and a half years. Whoa. Because he saving is, money, sending it back home, saving well, money. Well, he was actually doing two things. He was saving money and he was uh trying to get my mother mm-hmm. her visa to come. Got it. So he was yeah, he was sending some money back, but you know, he was doing the paperwork and stuff yeah. to try to get her. And remember, it was a completely different a set of visas back then. Uh if you got it. The lottery worked, yeah. and then you were married, so you petitioned yep. for your wife. So it took him um, two and a half years for my mom to come. That's when awesome. my mom showed up at that apartment, she looked at they slept in that closet. Whoa! And she said to him, "Oh, in my head, I was thinking he was he had managed to get an apartment." No. And that, whoa. No. whoa! They were whoa. they were in the they were in Queens. Yep. They stayed in Queens for another eight months. She couldn't find work right away because. Uh, she, yeah. It was harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she started language barrier, all everything. everything. Yeah, so yeah. she started cleaning. Um, she started doing anything basically to hustle, to get to get cash flow. And then together, after about eight months, yeah, um, they moved into a studio in the Bronx, wow. and that's where my sister came. Wow. And then uh, after the Bronx, my dad, you know, finding whatever work possible, factory work and so forth, <clears throat> he had a job offer. Uh, at a plant okay. to go in Newark. Uh, so that's how he ended up in Newark. Okay. So they moved to Newark and... Where was the plant? Do you know like, um, the area? The, uh, like Ironbound or... No, no, no. I know the area, but it's not Ironbound. It's um, it's up from Ironbound, up on the water there. Oh, okay. Um, okay but okay. basically what he was doing was uh, uh, electronics with batteries and transistors. Oh. So, uh, you know, he was doing all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, I'm yeah, going to say yeah. the manual labor associated right. with building things right so he was doing that for a while and i was born i was born in uh bellevue hospital okay um you know but lived in newark uh, which bellevue was pretty much newark mm-hmm. uh but we were on that border yeah that's where we yeah, lived yeah, yeah, yeah. and after i was born uh, my father got a job offer at sunshine biscuit sunshine biscuit so we moved to saraville we lived in an attic of a build of a house okay. that was retrofitted, and that's where we lived. My mom still didn't have a steady job, so she mm-hmm. was trying. And after I was born, my mom, uh, I'm gonna say after a while, she basically said, She goes, I can't raise two kids and do this. Yeah. We gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. So now that she had her visa okay. official and everything, uh, which was after I was born, her visa was finalized and everything, um, me and my sister pretty much went back. Oh, we went back and we stayed there for about two years. And uh, then I did not know this. Yeah, we stayed there for two years, and then uh, that gave my father kind of like a space for income. Okay. And uh, wait, so 
With your mother or without your mother? So my mother brought us down there, stayed with us for a while, okay. and then came back and helped my father. Wow. And then they together were doing stuff, and we would stay down there, but then my mom would come back. Okay, I see. And it was going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was the one going back and forth to make sure okay. we were good. And God, do you remember what phone calls used to be like yeah. over there? It was yeah, like, hey, yeah. hold on, I can't hear you. <laughs> You know, and, and you would talk to an operator to yep. connect you. You know, my so, mom would tell me this story, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I actually remember the operators. So you were what, like four, five? At the Before time? five. Okay. Before four, actually. And your sister like six, seven. Right. So my sister came back to start school. Ah. And then I came back to, to start, start school. school. Okay. Oh wow. So you were there for a couple of years. A couple of years. And yeah. who were you staying with? I Wait. would stay with my uncle, my aunt, my grandmother. Okay. I kind of pretty much stayed with the family that wow. for. On and off for about a year and a half, yeah, two years. Yeah, yeah. You know, on and off. It wasn't like permanent straight. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but it it worked. It, it gave my mom and my dad a chance yeah. with both my sister and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what happened was, lo and behold, my father worked for the next twenty six years at Sunshine Biscuit. Sunshine. And my mom landed a job in um, in in uh, food services at JFK. Ah, oh, okay. And she worked for Kennedy Hospital. Oh, she she was going from Sayreville to JFK. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, and she she did that until she retired. Oh my god! Until she retired, until they moved in two thousand six. They moved in two thousand six, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Okay, so before Claudia was born. Okay, so we're missing Sayreville to Perth Amboy. So what happened was they were we were in Sayreville for a while until my father was able to save some money. Okay, um, he got this uh, the home in Perth Amboy, yep, yep. Um, which. He was denied, oh, actually, fast forward. We moved into an apartment in Perth Amboy first. Ah, okay. We were off of Florida Grove Road in these apartments that I can't remember the name off the top of my head. And now, so for the people who don't know, so how would you describe uh, Perth Amboy now? Well, no, I'll describe Perth Amboy then. Okay. It's easier to say yeah, what it yeah. was then. So Perth Amboy then was a uh, town, multinational town that had a Jewish community, a Polish community, a Ukrainian, Russian community, okay. a Portuguese community, a black community, and the Hispanic community was Cuban slash Puerto Rican. Ah, okay. And that's really what it was. A black community? I didn't know Absolutely that. huge black community. Really? In Perth, a huge black community. Huh. And you fast forward through the years. Yeah. The Cubans moved out, the Puerto Ricans mostly stayed, but then you then got the influx of Dominicans. Dominicans okay. switched over to Mexicans, now you have a mixture of that. I gotcha. Um, the Jews stayed too, right? They moved like closer to the water. Actually, the, all the kids of the Jewish neighborhoods yeah. all left. Oh, I see. The parents sold, moved, okay. they all got down to Florida, and then what happened was, the kids bought their old houses back. Ah, funny. And funny, the, what funny. they sold, they, so we lived in the Jewish neighborhood. Yeah, I remember. And and the the mayor or somebody lived around you yeah, guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's coming back. That, yeah. That's coming back. <laughs> so the the pro the problem with with Perth Amboy is is that it probably was one of the most racist towns. Really? At the time. Oh wow! Because with all that. Th oh, because it's mostly white. Even it's though it's mostly white. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, mostly yeah. white. Very racist. Yeah. Uh, my father got denied homes mm -hmm. because he's Spanish. Of course. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the. The, the person that sold him the house in Perth Amboy was Jewish mm -hmm. and said, I don't care what you are. As long as you have yeah. a loan, exactly. I will sell it to you. Yeah. My father was the, uh, the neighbors basically, 
what's the word shunned mm-hmm. shunned them for a few years, years. yeah yeah and uh, and slow and steadily because of being a good neighbor um, I'm gonna say they softened their stance yeah <clears throat> but the kids uh, there were barely any kids in the neighborhood uh, there was two girls on uh, diagonal from us and then all the other kids because they were Jewish their parents would let me play with them outside, but I could never, not, come, in never come into the house, nor could I go to the bathroom. <laughs> I had to run home to go to the bathroom. I couldn't play with any of the toys oh, or nothing. I'm laughing because I had the same experience. Yeah, so same it, experience. It was, I had a next door neighbor. We were the same exact, literally the same age. This kid was like two weeks older than me. Same exact age, white. We had a, a, a small yard with a a chain metal fence in between us. Our friendship consisted of us interacting through that chain metal fence. He never came over to my house. I never went over to his house. I never played in the same yard as him. He never played in the same yard. We would, you know what we would do? Since uh, we had the exact same houses, like you know how they build that, a neighborhood and all mm-hmm. the houses are the exactly the same. Yeah. Exact same house, exact same plot of land. So what we would do is we would go to like the rearmost corner of the yard, and we would meet up at that corner where, where our houses, where the fence was touching, and we would race around our own yards this to see insane. who gets back to that spot first. I can see that. Never the whole time. Shout out to Kevin Stanton. We never, never, never hung out. And, and went through school, grade school, high school, took the same bus and everything, but never. Yeah. Our friendship was like that, and that was it. The fe- the 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 division is the fence. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of a lot of the quote unquote people I knew and I grew up with, um, their parents would just never let me. Really, yeah. I could play with their son or daughter. The son, it was always a yeah, son, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was only up to a certain point, and they were like, "That's it, you got to go home." Wow. And, but I wasn't even in their yard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had to be in like in the front yard yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. and you couldn't be in their backyard, and you couldn't. It was just strange. Yeah. For me, it was very strange. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I would sure. climb trees constantly, and the kids were like, oh, can I <laughs> climb a tree? I was like, yeah, come on, let's climb a tree together. <laughs> and, you know, and we do all kinds of pretend stuff, but yeah, that's that's Marcus, what it was. you're not climbing that tree again. Oh, my God. It was just, it was, it, honestly, it was. It's strange, right? It was it's very especially strange. Especially coming from, you were, you were in Colombia, you're playing around, you had all this you just freedom, play. too, right? Yeah, you just play with people, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're kids. But the the mom, the dad, the dad would actually yell at me. He was like, "Go home, get out of here." And oh I was like, God. "All right." <laughs> anyway, you, yeah, you, I I tell people all the time. I said I have faced. I will never compare my racism to anybody, meaning what I faced mm-hmm. in racism to anybody. Yeah. But I have definitely had it thrown in my face oh, yeah. more than enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is funny because you would think I'm liberal, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not conservative and I'm not liberal. Yeah. My views are still moderate. Exactly. I don't like extremes. Exactly. So, exactly. but um, yeah, those are, growing up in Perth, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. But because the, that family, that guy who sold my father the house, thank God, I got to play. Now, I had no friends that lived near me. Yeah. I played a lot in the yard mm-hmm. by, by myself. Yep. And I went to Catholic school all the way on the other side of town. And my only friend, who I didn't have until I was in third grade, still in Catholic school, he would come over and he was just like, wow, you got a basketball hoop. Yeah. And that was one of the only things that, yeah. and we played, and to this day we're still friends, but he, he told me, he goes, you know, you were the only one that would accept me as a friend. And I'm like, what are you talking about? 
I was like, you had tons of friends. He goes, no, not like you and your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and I told him, I said, I said, there was no other kids to play with that yeah. would come over or play or do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have family. We didn't have family in this yeah, country. Exactly. We had no aunts, no uncles, no cousins. Oh, so all those, all those folks, I know your one cousin who went to Dartmouth for a while or whatever. He didn't show up till I was graduating high school. Get out of here. Yeah. I didn't, From Columbia? Yeah. Because he was that much younger. He's that much younger oh, than I. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's, he's like uh, 11 years younger than I. Oh. <laughs> so when he came. Because he has no accent or anything. No. Nah. Wow. But when he came, he was a little kid with my aunt. Okay. They lived with us. But at that point. Oh, right. High school. Yeah. He yeah. was like six years old. Okay. Yeah. He, gotcha. he was a little kid and big yeah, yeah. generation gap. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was a little kid. Wow. But anyhow, long story short, yeah, I, I didn't grow up with family. Yeah. We used to go up to Elizabeth, okay. and that's when we would spend time with like Freddie's family and the uh, group. Okay. And yeah, that's yeah, what we yeah, used yeah. to do almost every weekend because my father would go, let's go, let's get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We, we got to go do something. And we would go do the, we would do the lake, we okay. would do the, uh, the parks, yep. uh, the beaches. We would be, um, my mom, I didn't realize it, my mom hated those because the, <laughs> the men would drink Till they're stupid. <laughs> like father, like son. They would drink till they're stupid. <laughs> and and the thing is, is that honestly, to me, it was fine. Yeah, yeah I'm a yeah, kid, yeah, no yeah, big course, deal. But I didn't realize that my yeah. mom was constantly fighting with my father yeah. to be like, "Don't drink yeah, so much." Because he's still gonna drive, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, she would drive. Oh, uh, okay. Because he literally got so uh, drunk so that he would be like, "Here, yeah. take." Yeah, Sometimes yeah, yeah, he would yeah. drive, but I think the majority of the time it was my mother. That's like my earliest memories of growing up is um, just how much the law has changed. I remember like my dad never wearing a seatbelt. Oh yeah, there was no seat driving. Belts. He would have like a Heineken, like in his lap, driving around. Absolutely, my father like actually. The 80s were so crazy. My father had a Budweiser every time in his hand. Exactly. Every time. Yeah, my dad was a Heineken guy. Yeah. He was, I guess closer to the Dominicans. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, he liked Domino's and Heineken. Oh, we did Domino's. We did yep, Dom, yep. Domino's and Bud. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my. And then I remember the basement parties where it was like New Year's and yes. Christmas. Now yes. those, no, my mom didn't mind because we would stay. Everybody right. would crash. We just crashed there. Yeah, everybody yeah. would crash. I, I, I think the biggest those sweaty thing, window basement parties. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Something. Oh my God! But you know what though? They were fun. They were the best. They were, they were fun. To this day, I will take that over the club or a bar any, any day. Any, any day. Yeah. I, I remember, oh my God, I remember my having my first kiss at those parties. Oh my God. Because, you know, the kids would get together. We played spin the bottle. What are you talking about? I wrote down, another thing I wrote down is, it's, it's half a joke, half not. What's, what's it like to lose your virginity at seven years old? No, not seven. Eleven, but not seven. <laughs> Was it really eleven? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, well, if your son didn't know about that before, he knows now. <laughs> Eleven. How old was she? Uh, fifteen, sixteen. Oh wow! <laughs> that's a that's a huge gap. Yeah, my babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy cow! That's you're unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't even know what the hell I was yeah, doing. Of no, you don't know crap at that age. Oh yeah, my yeah, God. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just taking advantage. Oh my God. Yeah, but you know what then? I didn't have, and to be all truthful, when I actually had sex for the first time, yeah, maybe two, three more times after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but even after that, yeah. I didn't have sex again, probably till I was 13, 14, 13. Yeah. It was eighth grade. Yeah. So, like towards the end of eighth grade, going into freshman yeah, yeah. year. And then by then it was, uh, I remember actually, um, by then it was just, you know, like, you got to remember that was the AIDS epidemic. That was all yeah, kinds of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. and I was worried between AIDS and pregnancy. Yeah. So yeah, I would yeah. go and buy condoms and then I'd find half of them gone because my mom would throw them away. You don't need it. Remember when they used to put a condom in a keychain? Yeah. My mom would smash that and I bought a ton of those oh, wow. and I would keep putting them in. And so I, I would find them thrown away. That's and I'm so like, funny. what the? And my You're mom. See, when I got to college, my mom would send them to me in the mail. She would like write a letter, I love you very much, X, Y, Z, and throw like five. Well, me and my sister um, in high school, I was in high school, she's in college. We used to always say to each other when we would go out, remember, use condom sense. Oh. Every, so anytime funny. either one of us was going out, yeah, 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 use yeah. condom sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anywhere you went. That's so fantastic. But, I was I was big time safe sex person yeah, because yeah. between pregnancy yeah. and AIDS. And for me, it was pregnancy more than especially like growing up with immigrant parents. You can't have it. No. Having sex before you get married, awful. But pregnancy before you get married. Try a religious mother that's out the gazoo. My mother was strict yep. religious. Same. And then Same. all of a sudden, it's like no. When but, you go to church on Saturday and everybody else is going on Sunday. Uh, no, no. I was going to church on Tuesday. Thursdays, some Fridays, some Saturdays, and every Sunday. And Sunday wasn't for just a couple hours. Yeah, oh yeah. It was a six-hour yeah, event. because you got the Spanish mass. You guys are so crazy. It was like, oh, I'm you- like, I walk in, because, you know, the the Catholic Church, the they have the Spanish mass, like, at a certain time, right? But the rest of the week, it's just for us regular folk. I walked into Spanish mass with my mom one day. I'm like, everything's different. The music's different. It smells different. It's packed to the brim. And mind you, we started off Catholic, but my mom left the Catholic church, which created another problem in my house. And when she left the Catholic church, I was starting to go to, I'm going to say other Christian churches, Pentecostals and all kinds of others. And let me tell you, oh my God, you were there for hours. We wouldn't get home till like 11 o'clock at night. So I had to do my homework as quickly as possible every day because my mom's going, we're going to church. And I'm like, oh. I was like, mom, I need a half hour. She's like, you got 10 minutes. I was like, oh. I was like mom, I got this prop. You got 10 minutes. I always wonder what made her switch? What made her, um, you know, did she ever talk to you about that? Yeah, she did. So my mother, which I have a lot of similarities with my mom, she questioned things. Yeah, of course. And when she questioned enough where she got really kind of told to shut up yeah, and you know you just follow just follow blind yeah. and 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 my mother just looked and she goes you don't know the answer do you yeah. you don't even have a response you don't even have the dignity to tell me after a while she was like i'm done the problem is is that when my mom found i'm gonna say the evangelical version of mm-hmm. christianity as opposed to the catholic she went so hard to an yeah. extreme yeah, yeah, yeah. She lost a lot of friends. Of course. And, and for 
a lot. Because a lot of it is created, also trying to trying to convert other people, right? Proselytizing so, well, and all that well, stuff. Exactly. So what really happened was my, you know, in that relationship with my father, it strained their marriage. Because if you're losing the wives. The guys are like, well, we're freaking getting along and we don't care about that crap. Yeah, and yeah, the women are like... You can't hang out with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so yeah. you get all that issue. And my mom created new friends and she got you know new friends and stuff and everything went fine. My mom is social, so she yeah. doesn't have problems meeting people and talking to people. But yeah. um, I'm going to say she's happier now with her faith. Mm -hmm. She's still uh, a dedicated Christian, uh, but she left the Catholic Church a long, long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. Long time And mind you, she went to Catholic school, Catholic high school. Mm -hmm. She went through the whole thing. So it wasn't that she didn't have the faith, right. but she kept on getting refused answers right. or you know to her questions. Uh, nobody had the answers. No, that's why. And, and, and nobody would say it. Right. Or nobody would point her in a direction. And, and it just really, it just mm -hmm. she, she, she was done with it. Mm -hmm. um, which for good reason, I think it, it changed my spirituality yeah. because even though I'm not evangelical um, and I won't say myself I'm Catholic, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm centered on the spirituality of God right. as opposed to the religion of God, mm -hmm. which is very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, evangelicals are like... Um, they're an extreme. They are like... Um, they're, so you have like Catholics at one end like a general Catholic where church is an hour on Sunday. Not even. It's like 45 minutes on Sunday, and that's that's it. That's one end. And then you get go a little farther, and you have one of those folks that come to the door. Um, Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah Witnesses, mm -hmm. which are like... You know I invite them in. So do I. I invite, I invite them and the um, the Mormons in. Oh, I get no Mormons in my area. <laughs> but but I used to get Mormons in Perth Amboy. Because yeah. they're always in the cities, <laughs> for the most part. I'm like, what's your name? Oh, my name is Elder John. This is Elder Bob. They're like 16 years old. Yeah. they, oh, they, they, they Elder. They, Come they, have a drink. Hang they, out. Yeah. I, I've actually invited... So I've invited the, uh, the Jehovah Witness where I had an older gentleman. And then he couldn't answer questions that we don't yeah, sit yeah, there yeah. and do stuff on the Bible and read and compare. And then he would bring somebody. And then all of a sudden they would bring somebody. I used to have four people from the Jehovah Witness faith <laughs> at my door sitting down and I'm like, all right, tea or coffee? And my kids would just literally go, I can't believe you're doing this. I was like, no, no, no problem. And I wasn't there to convert them, but no. they were there to convert oh, me. Yeah. And I was, yeah. and they would all leave shaking their head. Yeah. <laughs> and they swore they would bring somebody else. Yeah, yeah. That would, and it was just <laughs> constant, constant. And, I, and they would just shake their heads. And they were like, no, no, but you have to. I go, but I agree with that. But what makes you think that would change anything? And they would just go crazy with me. Mm. It was just, I'm not, and I would sit here and I go, I'm not even the strongest in my faith. I just read. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah. My kids would go crazy with that. They would tell me sometimes, they're like, really, Poppy? I was like, yeah. <clears throat> I was like, you know, you got to be nice. You never yeah, know. That's true. And now when they see me, they're like, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> We're not coming in. But... <laughs> they don't. They don't no, come no, in anymore. No, no. No, no, They're done with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like this. They're like, yeah, we're not yeah, doing yeah, anything. Can't convert that guy. God bless him. God bless him. <laughs> they brought up the kids. And I wanted to say something, um, you know, for all, every one of my friends, I have some, there's something about every one of my friends that um, I was always attracted to or that I always looked up to, whether it was them being like, uh, 
an entrepreneur and, and building something up from, from dirt to millions of dollars, whether it's being like courageous and becoming like a state trooper and, and, uh, and changing their life that way. But for you, it was always, you were always my like, um, like, um, how do I say it? If you want to know how to be a good family man and a good father, it's you. I would always look to you. Like you were like the, Thank you. you're like the gold standard when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, and it, that's kind of high. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be silver? <laughs> as, as a, you, were, <laughs> you were the cubic zirconia. <laughs> that works. <laughs> I'm not good at pedestals. Oh my god! I'm I'm more of the guy at the bottom. <laughs> I'm good for brass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, you would all you would started before. Like I was a late bloomer, so I didn't get married until I think I was like 33. So by then, you had gotten married, had kids. You had two kids already. My second kid, I had her at I was like 39 years old. So I always like you're like my guidepost for things like. Like I said before, your your son is my godson, so I spent a, a lot of time with you guys, and I could see how you approached everything, and I learned, so, so thank you, I learned so much, you know, from, from watching you. Thank you. I didn't know I was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of like halfway there. <laughs> even, my, even my wife, when she came over, she was like, this guy will do, he does everything. He cooks, he can clean. He takes care of the kids. Where do you need to go? He's got everything handled. Everything's figured out. He's I'm like, yep. Oh, that that comes from having really, really, honestly, yeah, a mother that you know. I I believe women uh, raise men. Oh, for sure. And I think the fathers, if they're good fathers, they tweak what the moms have done, mm -hmm. but they don't change it. No. no and no, and no. to be honest, I'm lucky with both of my parents. Yeah. Oh, Honestly, yeah. my role model, my role model financially is my father. Oh, yeah. When it comes to being a cook, my mother. Okay. I wish I can cook as good as she does. Yeah. Um, my organization, between them both, mm -hmm. because they're both very well organized. Right. Um, my aspirations for travels and adventure, both of them. Oh. Both of them. Oh, I, didn't, I, I wouldn't have thought uh, your father being that uh, adventurous. My father is adventurous within his own, uh, I'm going to say, he, he, has a, he has a short yeah, area, yeah. but he's willing to go outside I of that area. You. And that's the, that's the adventure for him. Yeah, yeah, is he yeah. as adventurous as me jumping out of an airplane? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's willing to do okay. things outside of his comfort. Right. And that's the adventure. Yeah. Uh, my mom is the same way. My mom is really ballsy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know that's where I, I get it's so like righteous too. I love speaking yeah. to her. It's like she's like thunder when you talk to this woman. They are both Type A personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you when people tell me who I am based on what they see, yeah. I go just look behind me because yeah. the people the people who raised me, which is my yeah, mom yeah. and dad, honestly, uh, I'm a I'm I'm a true you know apple from those trees. You know that tree yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. I learned how to be. I didn't learn how to be a father. I learned how I wanted to be a father from my father and my mother. Oh. Oh. Including their mistakes. Okay. Including their mistakes. Okay. Because one of the gifts that I have always had is that I never had to learn the hard way for everything. Right. Some things, yes. Yes. 
but not everything. That's right. And matter of fact, that's been one of my graces that I saw my parents' mistakes. Yes, they made it through it. Mm-hmm. But I learned how not to repeat those. Right. I made my own. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I made my own. <clears throat> I, I, by, by all means, I made plenty. But mm-hmm. that is absolutely... That's, that's a great statement you said because... <laughs> We, so from for my experience, uh, maybe me and my sisters look um, poorly upon our childhood because, again, we're, we're parents of immigrants just like you. And our parents, you know, African and Haitians are, can be rugged, right? Super mm-hmm. rugged. So, you know, I have some good <clears throat> memories of being at home, but a lot of it was like fear and uh, you're like uh you're like uh you know a prisoner sometimes in a in a cold cell and um yeah so you you had mentioned about like um you take the lessons that you learn so from my perspective it was always like all right i did not like that so let's try and not do that with my own kids you know and, and a lot of times you realize, for me, I realize as a parent, a lot of times it's um, when, when shit goes down, autopilot will kick in and you start to act the way that you acted <clears throat> when you were growing up, right? So a lot of the times, especially early on with my first son, it was like, my first instinct is like, you should be yelling at the top of your lungs right now and you should be pissed and... It was always a battle fighting that, fighting that, fighting that, and getting to a point where now automatically that's not the first reaction, you know? Yeah, Yeah, no. Believe me, I completely understand that. Um, I was never... I was an angry kid. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of emotions buried in myself. I can pound you on that one. I, I grew up with a father who encouraged you through negativity. But unlike my sister, that was a motivator. Ah, I actually was motivated I see. through my father's encouraging negativity. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Where my sister couldn't. Yeah, it, it, was, it was detrimental was to her. I was the same. I was the same. In my head, it was always like, what's the point of giving 100% if it will never be good enough? So I'm not going to give 100%. Whereas for you, you're probably like, I can give 150%. Yeah. Challenge me, I'll always beat you. Yeah. 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 And, and it's true. And that's exactly how I was. Um, and in retrospect, I didn't know, I knew I was always different young, mm-hmm. but I never knew how different I was until I had my own kids. Right. And I learned really, really early. Uh, and my mom, thankfully, reminded me, um, never compare yourself to your kids. Mm-hmm. Never ha- compare yourself to your kids. Such a, and such thankfully, a, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although my kids are starting to get to a point where you see yourself in them, though, right? I do, I yeah, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. But I also see, you know, I see that they have a lot of potential. But I also see myself where I can step into being that over aggressive parent. My, my, I know my son and my daughter think I'm, I'm a hard father. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens is, is that. <laughs> They don't know what extra is. Right. You know, matter of fact, Emmy learned the lesson. I always say to my wife, I'm like, these kids have no clue. Well, my son actually learned it. So he learned it when he was 10. Okay. We were at my parents' house in Florida. And I remember this was 10. Yeah, yeah, it was 10. Um, I was already divorced. So we're down in Florida. I would work while the kids were on vacation with my parents. Okay. Or just spending time Mm -hmm. with my parents. And I came home, 
I left early. I got to work at six in the morning and I didn't get home to eight o'clock at night, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. It was a long day. And when I got home, I went right back into the Florida room, which is that mm -hmm. outside room with the stuff, sat down. My father's there with my, with Emmy. And, uh, he tells my son, go get your father something to drink. He goes inside and my mother says, no, tell your father and your grandfather to come in because food's ready. No, he's not going to have a drink. So now my son's in between my mother and my father. And they're going at it. And, no, no, no. They're not going at it. They go at my son. Ah. Oh. So my father goes on him and says, I gave you an order. an order. That's right. And you need to do what I say. My, he goes back in. My mother says, and I told you an order. <laughs> so now. Stuck in the middle. He's stuck in the middle. Yeah. And I, I lived it. Yeah. I lived it. Yeah. And what happened was he ended up crying yeah. while he's bringing me a cup of water you gotta that's come spilling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then as he's doing that, he goes upstairs crying. So I go, what, what the hell what happened? Are you guys doing? Yeah. And he goes upstairs there. They're yelling at me. I go, welcome to my growing up. I exactly. lived that all the time. I said, I said, you needed to follow the first lesson and go get it and then bring me the thing. I said, stop the crying. You didn't get hurt. You didn't get hit. No you blood. didn't get this. Go down, get out of here. <laughs> and he, it wasn't until later when he says to me, he goes, that's how you grew up? I said, all, all day, time. Every day. Every day. Every day. And he was like, this is like oh. constant, constant. Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah, kids yeah. don't realize how easy they had it. And then all of a sudden, a few more times later, they've gone through it. Right. Now the kids are like, yeah, grandma and grandpa, <laughs> yeah. they mean Even business. Even at their age, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like, this. grandma and grandpa mean yeah, business. Yeah. And you, you see from your perspective, because perspective is funny, right? Now you see growing up, one, you've become a parent, so you kind of understand things a little mm -hmm. bit more. And two, them being older, they've cooled down a lot, too. So you see it, and you're like, this is nothing. Exactly. What? This is teddy bear stuff. Get out of here. Yeah, and it's <laughs> running for your life. Dad chasing you to the belt, <laughs> the buckle side. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, man, I, I remember one time I hid under my bed for about four or five hours, and then they, they heard me. My dad dragged me, beat me with oh that belt. God. Oh, my God. Beat me across. I, both sides of the cheeks were red and probably bleeding at that oh point. Oh, my God. And then on top of that, I was grounded. I didn't have very many toys, but whatever I had was gone. He took it and threw it in a garbage bag and threw it out. Yeah, they don't play. And he was like, he goes, you're done. And I just looked, I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't get hit as much as my sister, but boy, when I got it, I so got that, it. That I find interesting just based on how, I don't know how, I can't speak to how you feel, but like for me, maybe it's because your sister's older than you, but for me, having a daughter, you know, for your son, you want to, you want to make sure he's hard enough to deal with the world, right? And for my daughter, I want to protect her from the world in a sense. And maybe you don't treat it that way, but in yeah. my head, like, I can't imagine being that, like, rugged on my daughter. Like, I no, I'm actually age appropriate. Right. I'm rugged on both of them. Okay. And the reason why is I think this world is so freaking cruel to girls. True. She needs to be tougher. True. Not than her brother, but she has to be tougher than what society allows for girls to be in the quote-unquote protected state mm -hmm. so do i protect her yes but the protection that i give her is afforded with i don't need to overexpose her right 
you know, I don't need to have her grow up that fast, but I do need to have her listen, think, mm-hmm. and act, and yeah. yeah, and be aware. So I don't baby her. Where okay. my son sometimes tells me, he goes, "You baby her," and then all of a sudden he sees something and he goes, "You don't baby her." Well, then, then all of a sudden, no, no. What happens is he said he, it actually happened only a few years ago, like two years ago, and he saw something. He goes, "Oh my God, that that's what happened." And I go, "I told you, mm-hmm. everything." in its time and age appropriate. I go, when was the last time I treated you this way? And then all of a sudden he goes, oh my God. He goes, it is in fourth grade. I was like, oh yeah. I said, it all starts in fourth grade. I said, I let you be a baby or a kid Mm -hmm. up to about third, in the third. And then I have a conversation. And at fourth, I start to push on you. In fifth, I'm like, oh no. And then it keeps, and then fifth yeah. and sixth, I kind of hold. I push again in seventh and eighth. Yeah. I said, but seventh and eighth kind of sets the tone for the rest. Okay. And now he looks at me and he, I, I'm at a point where yeah. when I tell my son, I, I tell my son in front of my daughter so she knows What's when it's coming. time to come. Yeah. And she literally says, she goes, but I don't have his habits. I go, just in case you think you want to slide into those habits, this is what you're going to deal with. She goes, oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can still hit you. <laughs> they look at me. I haven't hit my kids in yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. The, the threat. The threat. Oh, no, no. And never empty. Yeah, yeah. Never empty. <laughs> never empty. I don't do what some parents do when they say a threat and they kind of like, yeah, oh, they yeah, am- yeah. no, I'm never empty. Yeah, me neither. I've literally said to him you many that's times. That's why they listen. You got, you got, you have to, when you say something, you have to mean it. I set I'm the not tone. I'm to play with you. No, no, no. I even tell him sometimes to this day, I yeah. go, you want to square up? Because there's a rule. Exactly. <laughs> if you square up on me, I'm going to beat you like a man. And he looks at me and he goes, I actually hit you. Believe it or not, I've actually had to tell him. I'll go, you're going to push me. Mm-hmm. I said, and I don't need you to do that. Right. And he's like, I'm not squaring up on you, but he'll do everything else. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just because yeah. you got those little hairs above your lip, don't mean nothing. I told him too. I said, while you're sleeping, I'm going to shave your eyebrows. <laughs> I said, you're going to push me to abuse you that way. <laughs> and he just looked at me and he goes, you wouldn't. I go, oh, oh yes, I would. Oh, I said, I'll do a reverse mohawk on you. <laughs> I go, you think... I said, you think I gotta wait till later? I Your Padrino has a reverse mohawk automatically. <laughs> the hair all fell out. That's so crazy. Oh, I wanna talk more about the kids, but what I actually wanna talk to you about, like I said, I looked up I look up to you very much. I always follow you and make sure I'm I'm trying to meet 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 your where you where you are, I'm always trying to get to there. What I also wanna talk to you about is the highs and lows of marriage. Oof. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of times, you know, you said, uh, you know, my ex-wife, I'm divorced. So what I, we never really, I was with you through the process and I saw like the lows, but we haven't really actually maybe not had a recap. Like what, you know, what, what happened? What went down? What were the things, what was going on in your mind? So can you take me back to like when things, when did things start going sour? Ah. <sighs> So, and this is, and part of why I'm doing this too is because um, the, the age that I'm at, I, and I'm a, a late bloomer, right? So I'm, I've only been married for eight years now. And a lot of my friends are younger than me too. So everybody's like getting married and doing that thing. And so we have this perspective of, of marriage, right? Just getting married, going through the honeymoon phase, just starting to have kids. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. nobody, we don't really have your perspective. So I wanted to share that with people. So, so I'll say this first. I still believe in marriage. Mm-hmm. I still believe in love. Uh, and thankfully, I've, I found someone who loves me um, and appreciates me the way I love her. Mm-hmm. So I'm blessed there. Yep. Um, at the 10-year mark of my marriage, yep. um, I saw signs. Okay. Um, and what happens is, I saw signs, but I ignored them. I ignored them. What signs, uh, for example? Signs where she was off. Okay. She was starting to pivot mm-hmm. in, her, in her approach to me and to her, um, with herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she was changing she was changing slowly at that point, but enough that I can pay attention right. um, and notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end... And it, but in your head, are you thinking like, one, she'll get over it, or two, it's a phase, or... Yeah, constantly. Or three, like, I, you internalize. Whatever it is, it's not... It, it'll work itself out. Yeah, it'll work. It, at the end of the day, mentally speaking, you're saying, it'll work itself out. You know, she's just going through some stuff that she right. needs to figure out. I will say the worst you're going to laugh when I say this. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think the worst situation that had occurred and, there, and there's two parts to this. The first part is this, our communication started breaking down. We mm-hmm. got into a routine okay. and that routine lost the moment. Mm-hmm. You lost the moment, the true essence of the moment of being with somebody else. Okay. And with that, you lose, when you lose the communication and everything that goes with it, I'll be honest, everything else is just an effect of it. Wow, so, so at the end, the result of a divorce came down to just really, really crappy communication. Hmm. Um, That's that, so funny, because nobody would ever say you're a poor communicator. But maybe not a good listener. Because ah. remember, I may talk, Mm-hmm. But I mean, I might not be listening mm-hmm. the way I need to. Right. I'm hearing you, but I may not be listening, listening to you. Okay. And then um, you could pile on tons of other stuff. Okay. But at the end of the day, communication right. was our fundamental flaw. Okay. Just fundamental. And so now. But but what leads through the highs and lows? Well, let me ask about the the communication. Is it communication at the ten year mark or? Always communication. We always had these. Ten year mark for okay. some reason had hit her to stop talking about certain things. Okay. Here's a perfect example. You walk in the door. Um, I would say, "Hey, how you how you doing?" And what used to happen was, it was a rough day. I go, mm-hmm. "Okay, you want to yeah. take a minute? We'll talk about it in a few." Which meant if she's cooking. I'm coming in preparing a drink for us, right. and we would sit down oh, and talk. Oh, I got you. At while the kids oh. and we would attend, you know. Oh, uh, so you would in your mind say we're gonna take this time and talk. Yeah. While yeah, the yeah. kids are doing their things yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. holding or feeding them, and we would talk. Right. Um, that changed. Okay. To, uh, yeah, it was a crappy day. Oh, and that, that was it. it. Uh, and what happened was she would stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens, I would ask, but I really wouldn't ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't come around the corner to ask again. Right. But sometimes I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just inconsistency. Yeah. 
And so you start building consistency and you're like, all right, I'll just leave it alone for a while. Right. And you leave it alone. And you leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, where it really, really got bad okay. was she had gotten a diagnosis that she was pre-diabetic. Yep. Now, she has uh, ailments, medical mm-hmm. ailments. I remember she had some issues with her. She had some issues with her heart when we were in college. Mitral valve prolapse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for a person who doesn't know anything about mitral valve prolapse, you think, ooh, it's a heart condition. Ooh, yeah. that's serious. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Then you come in and you, and you realize she has these nasty migraines. Oh, ridiculously nasty I migraines. And we found out that some of the key um, triggers. triggers are smells. Wow. Are smells. So cleaning solutions, cleaning the house oh, wasn't her favorite yeah, thing to do. Of course not. Uh, then you run into, um, after one of the pregnancies, uh, temperature change. The allergy of oh, sneezing with temperature change. Right. So you take those and you're like, what you do is you kind of have what I feel is a, a sorrow and, mm-hmm. and a, an empathy. And, right. and did I love her? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was probably more in love in my later part of my marriage than I was in the earlier part of my marriage. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah, because you know what? Um, the reality is, is that when I got married, I was in love with her. Okay. And the idea of her. Okay. And so you take those two components and I was truly in love. Then you hit marriage the first year. Okay. First year of marriage was the honeymoon. Okay. Second year of marriage, holy cow, did I need to throw that expectation of marriage out the door. <laughs> had, the, had, had your son? Did not have my son yet. Oh. Um, what happened was I had had in my head, and I, we went to counseling. Okay. And so I had had this image in my head of the wife that I was marrying and who she was going to be, and it was not that reality. Mm. And so I had learned to take that image expectation image and throw it out the door in order to make it through my marriage and then uh what was that image uh that image was probably closer to her mother oh oh interesting okay i had an image that she was going to be closer aligned to how her mother was yeah yeah and what i had thought was and i I, well you kind of have to explain who her mother is and how her mother is well it's not so much that i'll put it this way okay I thought I had married a Colombian American woman. Instead, I had married a American Colombian woman. Yes, yes. So what happens? You're is, Colombian American. She's not. Um, not as a wife. Yes. Not as a wife. Right. She has the Colombian heritage. She yep. has the Colombian culture. That's right. But she has this American mentality. Right. Uh, that skewed a lot of things. Right. So because of that, that kind of the first two years of marriage took a bit. To get used to, and and to be honest, um, you throw the intricacies of like my mother. Oh my, my mother God. is very, very overbearing because um, <laughs> I'm her little son, little boy. I mean, yeah, put yeah. it this way: I'm in my forties, <laughs> and she still calls my cousins when I'm visiting my family. Please make sure he's okay. But 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 they're like, God. you do know that he walks around everywhere and knows where he's going, <laughs> and he's in his forties for God's yeah. sake, <laughs> not. Low forties, upper forties. Our mothers are the same. Yeah, yep. so you know how it goes. Yep. But um, you know, and 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 it took yeah, my that causes waves. That can waves, cause... absolutely. Yeah. So so Bad. you take you take that and you take you know the first couple of years were rough. Yeah. So but going through even my own mistakes, um, fast forward, I had learned to and after mistakes being a car crash and a bunch yeah. of other things that I've gone through. 
Um, I would say I had re-fallen in love with my wife at the time. Mm. And I think that was a stronger love yeah. than the love I had when I got married. Wow. And it grew with my family growing. So it almost sounded like you were, you were, you had this expectation to marry her at one point, and it was kind of like, this is something that I have to do, and then the love kind of blossomed. Yeah, the there, but there was love, but yeah. it had to be twisted a yeah, few ways. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, hey, you don't, you don't want it all yellow, you want it a couple of different colors, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you had to play with it right. to see if you wanted to look at it every day. I got you. So, you know, and, and to be honest, I, I needed to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did the relationship have to grow, but I had to grow. Right. So uh, you fast forward, and so that goes forward, and that goes forward, and so I became this husband that ended up enabling her to be less of a housewife, Mm -hmm. less of a wife, Mm -hmm. less of a friend. Ah. And what had happened was I started losing the friend. Right. And when I started losing the friend, she was already struggling at the other pieces, mm-hmm. and I think um, those other pieces were due to multiple miscues on us, yeah. and the communication is really the root. Um, and then you got to the point where I felt like I was walking. I mean, you fast forward to the worst part of it. Yeah. I felt like I was well, walking. What was the worst part? The worst part is walking into a house where you didn't know what version of her you got. You got the angry, the upset, the endearing, the cuddling. Or some stranger. Wow. I actually honestly thought she had a hormone imbalance. I was ready to yeah. ask a doctor to review her for bipolar. Wow. And, and to a certain extent, she hit a midlife crisis on yeah. top of that. Yeah, of course. So you go through this. I mean, she threw it in my face. I'm pre-diabetic. Oh my God, my uncle had died of this. He had to get his leg up. I mean, in her head, yeah. her, her explanation seemed so extreme yeah. to me that I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're pre-diabetic. I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're not people, diabetic yet. Yeah. You're not even there. People are different though. And, right? yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and it was such an impact for her, all her health issues, that she threw it into my face. And she's like, you don't understand. You don't have any problems, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I sat down. Now, realize, as a man, mm-hmm. you know, this, you're taking this for face value. Right. All right. Well, the worst part of it is I walk in, I don't know what I'm getting. I would never, she would go to the doctor, never tell me anything. Mm-hmm. I went from knowing everything at a doctor, going with her with doctors, oh, wow. to knowing nothing. Wow. To not knowing anything at work, to not knowing anything with, nothing. It was like, it was like dribs and drabs. And then I, 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 if I was to, it was more of what I felt. Right, right. I felt hate. Oh. I felt like she hated me. And, and when you walk into a room and you feel that yeah, negativity, you feel it. You feel it. and then Definitely. you feel this person who hates you. Yeah. And then really it came down to one simple thing. My son's birthday was in October this particular year. I had already become an alcoholic. I was drinking a liter of alcohol a day for probably about a year. Okay, so hold on a second. You fucking... I had no clue about any of this stuff. Yeah. You... Yeah. Man, you keep it together. So, I had no idea. I a leader? A leader. I would I was drinking by a leader of what? Uh vodka, rum, tequila, whoa, whatever. Whoa. Whatever the bar would serve me. 
Wow. Put it this way. By 10.30, 11 o'clock in the morning, I had taken my laptop and I worked out of the bar. What? And I would finish my day at the bar. So, okay. So now we go back. We'll come back to this. But if we go back a couple of years, you had gotten into a, uh, a car accident. Yeah. And you had a, a DUI, right? No, that wasn't a DUI. It started off as a DUI, okay. but that was not a DUI. Oh. <laughs> no, it actually... Talk about the Jetta. The Jetta. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that one was, I had um, two glasses of wine. Okay. I was doing my MBA. I already don't sleep. Yes. You know, know, most know. people don't know, but. Oh, I got to write that down. Mo- We're going to talk about that. Yeah, most people don't know. I don't sleep. So what happens, <laughs> unless you live with me, you don't realize uh, I don't sleep. This guy is the worst fucking snore in the entire <laughs> Very true. universe. Very true. But I don't sleep. So what happens is. You fast forward, and then all of a sudden you realize, I was burning the wick on both ends. Yeah, okay. And then they gave me a DUI because what they smelled on me was the, the glass of wine. Was the glasses of wine, and then uh, they were videotaping me doing everything, and, and literally, the judge after everybody saw it all, they're like, "He's not drunk. Yeah, he's exhausted." Right. And um, the analysis came out not a DUI. Wow. But in the state of New York. You're a DUI until the actual court. Ah, so, that, so what happens is okay. you're a DUI in the beginning, and then when you have your court, that's where it actually firms the I DUI gotcha. or not. I and gotcha. they said, no, you're not a DUI. Okay. So I was just like, yeah, but I survived a six rolling. The car crazy. flipped six times and exploded. It exploded too? Yeah. It exploded. <laughs> a matter of fact, I had a... Building fire, earthquake, kidnapping exploding car. and they, and they and according to according to the wreckage company they said they have never seen anybody walk away from those accidents you're either a vegetable or you're dead okay so going back a, a liter a day yeah so for uh, how for a year you o- almost a year almost Holy a year so what had happened was i didn't know how to you do were still were you still living at home yeah or? yeah still living there still wow. still married still that so what had happened was um, alcohol doesn't alter me the way everybody else does. Yep, some know. people get beer muscles. Yep. Some people get aggressive. Some, some people, people get playful. Yeah. playful. We spoke about that on the last pod. Yeah. yeah. So alcohol for me actually chills me right. and just turns me into a more mellow person. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, <laughs> that's, to be honest, that's how I chilled out. Okay, I got you. And I would chill out, um, and I would drink about a liter a day. And a liter is an oh, average. That's a lot. That was an average. Because when I would come home, I would probably have about two to three glasses. Oh. And I drink on the rocks. Whoa. So I'm not mixing. Whoa. I'm just drinking. Man. And um, when you fast forward, and the day that I realized I was done with the marriage was basically the simple questions that I had asked her. Um, I didn't, I go to, I go to church. It's a Sunday. Saturday was my son's birthday. I didn't do anything there, but I just knew, I just knew things were just not good. Right. And I had gone to church every day. Uh, every, every Sunday I would go to church and church for me is not about the priest. It was about me. Right. So I would go there and I would pray and I prayed. And I used to always let her sleep in on Sundays, and I would take the kids. Well, mm-hmm. this time I left everybody at home, and I went to church. Right. So 
So when I got back, kids are asleep. I lock the door to the bedroom. I don't let her get out of the bed. And I'm sitting next to her and I said, how you doing? And she said, I'm fine. I said, we need to talk. Now up to this point, every time I would say, we need to talk. To try and split. She would say, there's nothing to talk about. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I said, no, we need to talk. Yeah. And when we started talking, the end result was I had asked the question, do you even love me? And she says, I love you as the father of my kids, mm. but I don't love you. Right. For, and I haven't loved you for a long time, and I'm not in love with you. Whoa. Whoa. And that crushes. Yeah. But then fast forward to the next one. Do you think we can go to counseling and try to figure this out? Mm -hmm. She said no. She mm -hmm. goes, let's just stay married for the kids. Maybe in a few years, maybe things will come back. And I looked at her, I go, do no. you not want to do counseling? And I remember this very clearly. She goes, I don't believe in counselors. They're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Oh my God. I go, and I, I literally looked at her, I go, wait a minute, we did... Yeah, we did marital counseling back years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And she goes to me, she says, I did that because you needed it. I don't need it. I don't need counseling. Oh, man. And oh, I just looked no. at her. I said, so you don't want to do counseling. You don't want to do anything to fix it. Mm -hmm. You just want to stay in this relationship. I go, you don't love me. You're not in love with me. And you absolutely yep. don't really you know, care to be mm -hmm. with me if it wasn't for the kids. Only reason she's staying married is because of the kids. Shit. I said, I want a divorce. And how she respond to that? Um, she said, if that's what you want, wow. then that's what you want. Wow. Wow. But what she didn't realize is... Cold-blooded. The next day, I had called for a lawyer. Okay. <clears throat> went to the lawyer Tuesday before work. Sat down with him, reviewed my situation. Oh, wow. You were like, as usual, organized, on point. Well, I had, let's face it, I have a lot of friends that are lawyers mm -hmm. or people that know lawyers. Right. So I didn't have a lawyer in mind, but I had to call a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you guys know, I got a friend that needs a lawyer. Hey, I got a friend that needs a lawyer. Hey, okay, I got a friend. Gotcha. That's what I did. I gotcha. So, and I found the lawyer very quickly. Yeah. Called him up and found one of the top five lawyers in the state. Went to go see him on Tuesday when I was all said and done. He was like, well, do you want to retain me as your lawyer or not? I was like, let's go. Wow. He issued a letter and by Friday she was served with the letter of intent to divorce. Wow. So now I'm realizing I thought it was her. So it was you. Oh, yeah. It was completely wow. me. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. Yeah, it was completely me. Holy cow. I never tell people that she left me. Oh, no, no. I left. Wow. For the sanity and for the sake yeah. of my mental and, yeah. and physical health, because yeah, mental yeah. leads into physical, okay. yeah, I left. Wow. And so, like, what were, you what were your concerns at the time? Because you're, you're, you're basically turning your life upside down, even though you're leaving. Well, you, you got to think in the situation. So I just finished getting a brand new mortgage to expand my house. I was at a point where construction was supposed to start in 20 days. Did they expand the house? No. Okay, and, I haven't been back there in many years. And, and then on top of that, I was being told that I would have to fight against alimony. I'm mm -hmm. going to end up chilling for child support. Shit. I 
will have to probably, if this goes into court, he goes, what you want to do is you want to get into mediation. Right. But if you don't, yes. you're going to be losing a lot of money. Right. And she will too. And it's going to cost probably your kids college. Whatever you could give for your kids was probably going to go out the Holy door. Crap. So at the end of the day, I'm saying, my kids are around me all the time. I'm a present father. Mm-hmm. I know I have done the best I could. 100. And I had no regrets. Um, and I still have no regrets right. when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, honestly, I looked at her and I go, I deserve to be happy. Yeah. And if she doesn't want to be with me, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. I'm like, and and to be honest, I I always say this advice to people and I had to take it on myself. Yeah. If your situation, if you could step out of your situation and be that friend that you need to tell you something, what would you say? That's right. And that's what I did. Mm. Mm. I was, I had to be my honest own friend and say, this is not worth it. Right. She is not worth it. Yep. Yeah. You know. So I mean, from my perspective, like uh, there's a there's a Tony that I knew from. So backstories, we all went to college together, right? Your wife, myself. There's a big group of us that went to school together. So there's a Tony that I knew from the time I was like 18 until marriage. Maybe a, a couple of years before before you got divorced, and oh, then. Yeah there was this change and I lost that guy for yeah. a couple of years and I was worried. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever see this guy again. Yeah. Like it was, you were a completely different guy. It was, it, we were hurt, um, disappointed, hurt, frustrated, broken, like all of these. And it was like tough. It was like tough. And you know, it's tough to see your friend, you know, go through all of that. And I was like, hey, will I ever see this guy again? You know? Yeah. It was, you know and what? It takes courage too, to be like, you know what? This isn't working. I'm done. That's it. I'm changing. I'm changing. Flipping my life apart and and changing it and and going this new route. And we'll, you know, it's it's like standing on the edge of a cliff. You have no clue what's below you, and you're just like, eh, we'll take a jump and see what happens. And and it truly is a jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it and it took me a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It took me seven to eight months to forgive her. Right. It took me the rest of the year and a half to forgive myself. Wow. Um, and in that, I had counseling, mm-hmm. um, group counseling, because I couldn't afford private counseling. Right. I group counseling. I had group sessions. Um, uh, got stronger in faith. Yeah. Um, definitely did a lot of soul searching. Um, I found the kind of person I want to be. Ah. Um, when I was married, one of my turning points was uh, waking up every morning and deciding what kind of person I wanted to be that day. Right. As a father, as a husband, and as a man. Um, I restarted that. Right. At, you know, through counseling. And I still to this day tell people, I go... Um, I don't know what people think when they wake up, mm-hmm. um, but I have a routine uh, besides, you know, brushing your teeth, showers, right. the usual. Um, I meditate. Ah. And I pray. Ah. And they're not the same thing. Yeah, of course not. And um, I meditate. And the meditation is usually longer than the prayer. Okay. And uh, I meditate. 
I collect myself and decide what kind of person I want to be today. Wow. Every day. Every single day. Every single day. Wow. I have a, I have a, a routine for that. Um, and that routine is basically to center me, mm-hmm. um, to make sure, am I ready for today? Right. Am I ready to hit life before it hits me? Right. right you know, right. because uh, there's people that wait for opportunity. Um, I take opportunity. That's right. Uh, there's things that I do wait for, but I take it. Mm-hmm. Always, uh, always have. Yeah. yeah. I just do it in a planned effect. Yep. Everything I try to do is with purpose, yep. with mindsets, uh, and it took a long time. Yeah. I went in relationship. I, I had uh, one girlfriend for sure after the divorce yep. that I should have... No, I, I cut it off at the right okay. time, but I unfortunately made a mistake of introducing her to my kids, which I never should have done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I learned from that. Why do you say that, though? Because you know what? I, I am not one of those guys that believes that when you start dating someone, you yeah, bring yeah. them around your kids. Right. Don't confuse them. Yep. Um, keep their life as consistent as possible. I see. And only super serious. Super serious or, yeah. or ready, really, really ready to say, hey, I've moved into a, a semi-committed relationship mm-hmm. that really looks like it can go okay. somewhere. Don't confuse them. I can't do that. That's just not me. Um, One question I, I have for you. Yeah. Um, the kids through this whole process, like what was your whole thought process with like once you're separated, like thinking about the kids and um, taking care of them or like what were the thoughts that were going through your head? So, say, so how to keep their life as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. They were the center of, of both myself and Sandra, luckily. Um, yeah. Honestly, because we focused on the kids, right. we try not to make it hard on them. Mm-hmm. It made it harder on us, but it made it right for them. Okay. Uh, and you know my kids. I yeah, love them yeah, to death, yeah. and I think they transitioned very well through it. Right. Um, some people just say, screw it, those kids will adapt the most. But to be honest, um, doing it that way, which I would never change, okay. gave me time to figure myself out and not jump into things too soon. Ah, interesting. So it okay. slew me down. Right. I don't know about her, because I, to be honest, I don't care. Right. But for me, doing it that way, um, having them as my focus, as a father, as a parent, yep. gave me a center. Mm. Gave me a chance to look at what I wanted to be and how I wanted to be. Right. Not just as a father, as a man, as a son, uh, or, or as a brother. Right. Um, you know, just recenter yourself. Mm-hmm. Find out the things that you like and don't like. Yeah. And really, the hardest. And it's funny. Every time I used to uh, back in the day when I used to date, I used to ask women. I go, "So you've been through life experiences?" I said, "Did you get to a point where you know what you like or yeah. what you want?" Right. And you get these people that tell you, women all the time that say, "I know what I want. I want this, this, that." They do not know what they want. They right. know what they don't want, mm-hmm. which is much easier. Oh, yeah. And in itself is not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But knowing what you want, oof. It's tough. It's tough. So anytime <laughs> I would hear that, I'm like, you know, you, you, your bullshit flag goes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, you're so full of shit. Yeah. I said, okay, let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's that's the kind of stuff you used to run into as you know in the dating scene. Yeah. But I still see it to this day with people who, oh, I want this, I want that. You don't know yeah. what you want. You you just trying to figure out what you don't want. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just... Process of elimination. You want to figure something yeah. Out. Yeah. Oh. It's like food. 
I used, yeah. to, I used to tell people all the time, hey, what do you want to eat? I don't know, whatever. All right, let's start with, <laughs> yeah, you know, because you're married. Yeah. You do this with your wife. I know, I used to do it with my ex and I still do it with my current girlfriend, which is great because she eats everything. But yeah, yeah. I sit there and I'm like, all right, let's start with the first thing. What do you not want? <laughs> You know what? I don't want Chinese food. I don't want Mexican. I want this. I don't want that. And I don't want Italian. All right. So we're either going, you know, seafood, hamburgers, or soup. And it's like, you know, you know what I mean? You sit there and you're like, you just sit there and you go, you little fucker. You just don't know what else to say to yourself. Yeah. And, and the funny the funny part is, is that I'm like probably the least cursing person in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you sit there and this is like your mental yeah, head yeah, telling yeah. yourself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, women are interesting. Yeah. I think I I think they're they're beautiful. I think mm-hmm. they're amazing. Likewise. But I but I think they can. We're different people. We are different species. We really are. Yeah. We speak different languages. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have seen women, incredible women. Who I've had the pleasure of knowing, where a guy won't even approach her mm-hmm. because she's stunning, yeah, because yeah, she's yeah. incredibly smart, she's educated, she's successful business wise, and on top of that, um, she's she's just carrying herself with yeah, this yeah. level of confidence, yep. and then I'll see her. guys just talk about her, and I'm like. Why don't you just go up and say hi? And they're like, what? I was like, and then I walk up and I'm like, and then you get into a conversation and they tell me, they're like, you know, you're like the only guy that would approach. And and then I I was like, because those guys are all scared. And I don't know what people are afraid of. You got to know. Move on. Exactly. (laughs) And you got to know. My mother always put in, she had this saying, like, everybody has to sit on the toilet and take a dump every day. (laughs) I do remember her saying that. I think she said it once around me. At least once. But but it's so true. And it's it's the same thing was sometimes true when I would hear, like, uh, the friends of the girls that I would be seeing, and they would say the same thing. And I'm like, if you like him, go talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. People are so scared of each other. Exactly. So I will say that um, the, the hardest part going through highs and lows mm-hmm. is not the actual highs and lows. The hardest part is figuring out who you want to be during those moments. Oh. When it's so emotional. And well, it's so, yeah. Think about it. How many people you know, when a bunch of things are stressing them out, they turn into a jerk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Myself they just, included. They just yeah. turn into a jerk. Yeah, it's tough to keep it together sometimes. Right. So keeping it together for yourself yeah. is what people lose. Right. And um, I lost myself, but I found myself. Right. Yeah. And when I found myself, I continued to go through highs and lows, but I can do it. Yep, and yep. I got back to yeah. a better version of me. I remember saying to you, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to see you again. Yeah. Oh, let's wrap this up. We're going to wrap it up with a quick start because I, I wrote down all these notes because you had that list that you gave me. Let's hear about how you got hit by two different cars. <laughs> so the first one was in Colombia. Um, we're playing... Do you, it's a game similar to Butts Up. Remember Butts Up? No. All right. Butts Up was you would take. <laughs> kind of crazy ass game. But, but, but Butts Up. No, no. It, it, was, it was like Butts Up where okay. you take. It's not a tennis ball. It's a rubber ball. Okay. And you take the ball and you throw it against the wall. Okay. 
and you had to catch it with one hand. And if you caught it with one hand, then you get to throw it against the wall again. Okay. But if you ended up not catching it with one hand and it fell on the floor or, yeah. or you didn't actually switch it properly and it fell, okay. the other person would pick it up and take the ball and whoop you in the back. <laughs> so that's butts up. Yeah. In Colombia, they have a game similar to that. I was uh, about 10 years old, eight, 10 years old, somewhere in that range. Uh, it's me, my cousin, and three of his friends, and we're yeah. all playing, and it's the corner of a street, and there's taxis flying down okay. one side of the street. Um, and we're playing, and we're playing, and we're playing, and all of a sudden, one of them wanted to hit me because they said, no, you didn't switch it right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I back up into the street. Oh, no. And as I back into the street, a taxi, I catch the taxi right on the corner. <laughs> And it literally threw yeah. me to the wall. Oh. Taxi slams his brakes. Guy comes out. He's yelling. Oh, my God. My cousin says to my family running into the house, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I slammed. How far did it th throw you? Um, at this point, I'm going to say probably 20, 25 feet. 20 feet? Feet? Yeah, yeah, 20, 25 feet. Holy shit. I mean, I flew. I weighed nothing. Yeah, yeah, 10 years old. <laughs> I weighed Holy nothing. Holy shit. Yeah, I was a skinny, scrawny kid that got whipped into the wall and slammed the wall. Holy face, shit. almost face first, like sideways. And what had happened was um, my father came running out with my uncle, grabs me, picks me up. My uncle's ready to beat the crap out yeah, of the yeah. taxi driver. Yep. Um, they bring me inside, they sit me down, they're looking at me, my aunts are checking me out, they're all crying. My father's like, oh my God, because my mom's not there. Oh, it's, it's my dad with me and my sister, and <laughs> my mom was working and she's supposed to fly down. No. And uh, we were in Barranquilla, I remember this very well. And all of a sudden, I just sat there and I go, I'm okay. And I move my arm and I'm perfectly fine. And within a couple hours, less than a couple hours, um, my whole arm went black. Whoa completely black and um that's I, where you hit you that's hit. where i hit okay um i don't bruise easily yeah yeah and uh they were like panicking so they called for a doctor to come doctor looked reviewed it they were like let's get him an x-ray so they gave me an x-ray they were like no broken bones no broken bones nothing they're like Amazing. that whole black thing is him getting hit it goes but if nothing else happens in 24 hours he's fine Car number one. <laughs> car number two was when I was about 12. So, um, so now are you in the States? I'm in the States. Okay. Um, it was my. It was, it was the building that caught on fire. No, 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 no. That, that's Mexico City. Um, no, this was my, my friend Jose, the same friend I told you, who was one of the very few friends that would come and visit me. Yep. Him and his neighbor, who was our friend Benji. Um, we would ride 10-speed uh, bikes. Yeah. And Benji was part of this big group of bikers, bicycle guys, and we would bike uh, ridiculously. And um, Benji comes and gets me because Jose's with the bigger pack. Okay. And he's like, come on, we got to catch up. Hurry up because mm -hmm. we got to... Basically, we would do something like 20, 30 miles. <clears throat> we were kids. Yeah, that's we, true. We that's would just true. go. a long time on a bike. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, long story short... I'm chasing him down my street, the other side of my okay. street's hill. It's a hill, yep. I and it's a hill going down. Yep. And the street that crosses there 
There's cars moving all the time. Oh my God. I remember hitting the brakes. Brakes didn't hit. I kept going. What had happened next, I called a miracle. I somehow didn't get hit straight on by this car, but just on top of it. Ah, okay. I got you. Just on top of it enough. But remember, it's T-boning me. The Mm -hmm. car is literally T-boning me. But oh, I see. But your body is above. Just like the, slightly the above. But my yeah. legs are below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. some reason, and only for some reason, after the hit, I hit the hood, pop up in the air, and I slide about five, six feet and slam across a curb. Oh, my God. My buddy, Benji, races back to my father, who's up on a ladder and says, I think Tony's <laughs> <He's> dead. <laughs> My dad jumps off the second floor, races down there. I'm on the ground. The bike, now it's a 10-speed bike. Yeah, so they're big. They're big. Turned into a two by three. (laughs) A rectangle, two by three. Pretty much. Oh, my goodness. It it got rolled up. Yeah, it just got rolled up. (laughs) (laughs) And there was witnesses. Yeah. And the witnesses that said, Never seen anything like it. He looked like he bounced yeah. across the car and the street and hit. Oh, my goodness. Now, like, we've never seen anything like it. The guy of the car, ambulance came, took me. Mm-hmm. X-rays? Nothing. Nothing. God. They, they even wanted to do an MRI, um, but yeah. the MRIs were so expensive. Yeah. Remember, those were back yeah, in the day. Yeah. Uh, it was the beginning of an MRI. My dad was like, no, no, no. Let's, let's just stay with the x-ray. <laughs> yeah, they, they kept me on watch uh, for 12 hours at the hospital. Yeah. And then uh, I went home. I wasn't allowed to sleep. I had to stay awake. Yeah. Uh, I had the cops even come over and go, we've never seen anybody survive that. Amazing. Now, now, let's talk about the car. The car is a Cutlass Supreme. Oh, old big school. Boy. Big boy. All oh, steel and metal. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was the second car, and the thing was is that uh, the car had passed me several feet. Oh, I passed. See. Oh, I got you. So it I actually break. hit. Yeah, no, yeah. he didn't break. Oh, he didn't break. He was like, because he he swore. He goes, "You came out of nowhere." Oh, yeah, of course. And well, to say the least, I had hit a car that kept going, and and people around that area knew me mm-hmm. um, b- because they saw me constantly right, riding right, right. bikes. And we're like, yeah, that kid, we don't know how he survived. And yeah. And, 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 and honestly, Amazing. it was just one of those. And my father just looks and he goes, and my, my father says that he goes, he goes, you're like a cat with nine lives. Yeah, I go, seriously. but I'm on 13. Yeah, <laughs> so what does that mean for me? That building in Mexico City got like six of them. <laughs> well, I've had that. I've had uh, when the gorillas were going to shoot us. Oh, my with, God. And I was with my father. You know what we're going to do? We're going to leave that for next time. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stories. Oh but those gosh. are stories of survival of ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah, all yeah, I yeah. got. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, everybody's going to love this. I, I want to thank you very much. This well, was, anytime. This is fun. This is awesome. See? This That's is fun. Like I like it. this. We'll do this again yeah. soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. This was DOPP. Be well. We love you very much.